<clears throat> what I always know about Mike, Mike's one of those business leaders in our community that's filled with the Holy Spirit, that's just doing, doing his thing in the business world. And he's one of those people where when Mike starts to talk, even though he's soft-spoken, you should stop. And you should listen. Because <laughs> uh, he's full of wisdom, full of life, and full of the Holy Spirit. And I know he has a really good word to share with us this morning. So I'm going to pray for Mike. If you just want to extend your hands. So Father, we thank you for Mike. Thank you for who he is. God, we just open our ears and open our eyes uh, to all that you're doing. And I pray that we will only receive and only get what you want for us to get this morning. I pray that you watch over his lips, that he'll speak forth the message you've called him to give this morning, even if you switch it up last minute. So God, just bless him. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. All right. Thank you, Phil. Good morning, everyone. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited for today. We're walking through one of my favorite passages, the armor of God. Amen. And I feel like we need the armor of God more in 2022 than I feel like I've ever needed it. This has been one of those passages that I've kind of walked through again and again, and I feel like God shows me something different every time. And so we're going to walk it through. But I want to really bring it to life. So I've got some visual support to help illustrate the armor uh, first of all, I got to, you know, throw up a family picture, right? So you've been, been in medieval times before, all right? Maybe you've seen some armor, all right? You don't see people walking down the street with armor, but if you go to medieval times, you absolutely will, all right? They got sword fights going on. They give you these crowns. This is when we were in Canada. Uh, that is a real deal Canadian falcon. They didn't image that in, all right? And you could see I'm a little scared that, you know, the falcon's going to attack my young one. Um, she's got her comfy blue blanket to make sure she's good. But uh, yeah, so that's medieval times. And so if you haven't been to medieval times, you're like, I still don't know what armor is. Don't worry, I brought some armor with me, all right? So um, I don't technically play the guitar. This is my daughter's guitar case, but it also works as a nice case for some armor. So yes, I have a shield, all right? So we're gonna be talking about the shield today. That's one of the pieces of the armor. I'm gonna come back to that in a little bit. Uh, yes, friends, I have a sword, okay? Can't walk through the armor of God without the sword, right? Hang tight in the front row, all right? So this is a legitimate uh, King Solomon, you know, replica, all right? Uh, Amazon told me so, all right? <laughs> it's got some weight to it. I'm not going to kid around. All right, yes, this is a pineapple, all right? Fruit Ninja the first, remember? Come on, Fruit Ninja the young ones don't know about it, but that was the initial, like, iPhone game. You swiped it. If things get crazy, I'm going to bring this out. Or if it gets quiet, Michael, I'm going to ask you to hold it. I'm just going to slice, see what happens, okay? So this is here. All right, so let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. Uh, you got the picture of the family, the armor. Let's go to the next one. Let's talk about Paul, all right? So here's a picture of Paul. He's in jail. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. All right, and he's outside, he's locked up, and he sees a guard. He sees somebody in armor, and he's trying to get this spiritual analogy, and he's saying, put on the armor. Church of Ephesus, church today, believers today, put on the armor. So let's walk through uh, and see what Paul is telling us. And as he's saying this today, as you are fighting spiritual battles, put on the armor of God. So I'm going to walk us through the armor, and Paul does a very methodical way of actually walking this through. And I'm going to zero in on two spiritual disciplines, 
Okay, so what's a discipline? It's like a habit, okay? We need a discipline if we're gonna be, you know, focused on fitness. We need a discipline if we're gonna get our finances right. We need a discipline if we wanna get up and go to work. So we're gonna talk about two spiritual disciplines today that I believe are gonna bring freedom and breakthrough this morning. So I, I wrote down a couple of things just to be thinking about, all right? And so I'm gonna just run through this and then we're gonna pray and then we're gonna get right into it. So you might be going through some type of challenge yourself right now, relationship challenge. Maybe it's something with your marriage. Maybe there's uh, a restored marriage you're praying for. Something with your parents, with your children, brothers, sisters, friends, kids, relationship challenge. Maybe there's a healing you need in your body. Addiction. Maybe there's some habits you got to work against. Anxiety, depression, fear. Something in your body. Maybe there's something with your job. Maybe you've got a leadership challenge you're facing with right now at your work. Maybe you've got a business challenge, you're a business owner, or maybe you need work. Hold on to that. Maybe there's a transition you're going through. Maybe there's a job transition, housing transition, just a life transition, or maybe you just need an enthusiasm for life again. All right, I want you to hold on to that. If you've got a pen and paper, just write that down or put on your iPhone or your Android or whatever you got and just hold on to that. Let's pray. Lord, I believe you've got breakthrough this morning. I believe that what, I, what you gave me to, to list, there is something here for everyone. Holy Spirit, there is something practical you're going to give each one of us to do today. You're going to speak to us boldly today. I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you got the picture of Paul. We're going to run through the armor. I'm going to zero in on those two spiritual disciplines. So he kicks it off by saying, in Ephesians 6, he says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. This is an important point here. So we, gotta, we have to know the strategies of the devil so we can win the battle. So I'm going to go through some of the strategies in a moment. He says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Kind of a bold way to start this, right? So let's break it down. What are the strategies of the devil? So let's just run through them. It's any one of the following. Fear, lies, deceit, temptation, doubt, division, unforgiveness. And he's going to give us two spiritual disciplines to actually attack these strategies. And so when I think about these, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Fear, lies, what are these strategies? So here's what it might sound like. You get a negative doctor's report, right? And like all of a sudden you start hearing the worst case scenario. That is the enemy coming into you. Maybe one of the things I just mentioned, maybe something about your marriage. He's never going to restore my marriage. I'm never going to be successful with this relationship. That is the enemy coming in and attacking your mind. John 10.10 says, The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking to steal, kill, and destroy. He attacks our mind through those thoughts. This battle is one thought at a time. So that's what we're going to go through. Verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then... After the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor, or other, other translations say the breastplate of righteousness. 
So the first one is the belt of truth. So where do you start with the belt of truth? The belt of truth is the word. So this is where, like, we're going to, again, very methodically go through the armor, and he starts with, you've got to know the word. You've got to get in the word. It starts there. That's the foundation. So you've got to put on your belt with the word. Living the truth, you've got to know the truth, and the truth is a spiritual weapon. All right? So that's number one. Then he says, so put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, what is the, the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness? It is right living. Okay? So it's making choices to live with you know, the righteousness, right living, purity, and you just go back to the fruits. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. It's how do I live this out? It's very consciously. And it's also looking what you're looking at. It's watching and, and listening to what you're listening to. And it's you know, very practically, what websites am I going to? What magazines am I picking up? What movies am I watching? Okay, right living. First, he says, you got to get in the word. Then you got to live right. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything else flows through it. All right, so when I'm saying, watch what you're looking at, listen to what you're listening to. When we were in the kids the other week, we were talking about, think about what you're thinking about. All right, so we're going to get into this a little bit more. Verse 15, for shoes... Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Choose a peace. Our peace is tranquility. It is a spiritual weapon. But if I don't know the word, if I'm not living right living, it's tough for me to have peace. If I'm going to go into the storm, I need to know the word so I can have the peace. Without knowing the word first, I don't have the peace going into the storm. Don't let the storm get in you. When I go in a storm, you got to have that peace because you know I'm in, I'm in the word. I got to know the truth, living the truth, guarding your heart. So let me get to the next verse 16. It says, in addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So what are the, these fiery arrows? The fiery arrows, again, maybe it's that, that negative news, right? So here we go. I got, the, I got my, my shield. Yes, this is plastic, all right? Okay, yes, it's cracked because the kids were playing with it. And yes, it's, I got clear tape on the back, so it's still all right, all right? But on the back, I, I put some scriptures here of when I was going through some, uh, one of my, one of, a spiritual battle, and I was writing scriptures on note cards because I wanted to hold up the shield against the enemy, against those fiery arrows of the devil. Think about how is a forest fire start usually. It's a little spark. It's a little spark in the fire, and then it goes and goes and goes. The same thing can happen with the enemy. He will put a little thought in your mind, and it will just... So I have here some scriptures that I wrote. Again, these are going back, and yes, they are coffee-stained because I would... I don't know. I just spilled coffee on them, but they're still good, all right? So I wrote down some scriptures here that I thought were just, again, good at the time and still relevant now. Psalm 56.9. The day that we pray, the tide of the battle turns. I needed to remind myself that. Because what I was going through at that time, I needed to rem remind myself that whatever I'm dealing with right now, bad doctor's report, relationship challenge, work challenge, the day I pray, the tide of the battle turns. Holding up the shield. Next one I wrote was, God is for me, for all the promises of God are yes and amen. We were singing that this morning. 
Couldn't make this up. There's a couple other things from this morning that's going to come up today. It's just God moving. Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about these things. I had to tell myself what to think about. Holding up the shield. When the arrows were coming at me, I had to keep holding up the shield. Keep holding up the shield. Keep holding the shield. And it's coming down to, you have to, it's not about knowing it because you see it or knowing it because you feel it. It's knowing it because you know it. And it's the word is holding on to the promises and the promises are true and you have to hold on to them. Sometimes it's practical. It's writing down on note cards and it's holding them up and believing them again and again and again. So, so far we've been talking through, so we got the the shield. Now we're going to put on the helmet. Verse 17 says, put on the salvation as your helmet. The Passion Version says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. So we went through, know the truth, this is the belt. We went through right living, the breastplate. We went through shoes, peace. The shield, knowing it, and the helmet, protect your thoughts from the lies. Chris and I were listening to a Christian brain expert, and they were walking through how you process a thought every 10 seconds. We have over 8,000 thoughts that we're processing every single day. And the battle is one thought at a time. It's not allowing those thoughts to come in and resonate and go deep, and then your whole life can change in a minute. You let one of those thoughts in. You're, you're on a website, you shouldn't. Pornography is going. Affair happens. And you wonder, where did that begin? It happened with a thought that you did not take captive of. The battle is one thought at a time. So let's... We've been talking about the defensive parts of the armor. And these are all important, right? But you're not going to win the battle if you're only on defense. Bill knows, right? You're not going to win, but you're not going to win the game if I'm only playing defense. You got to attack. You got to have the offensive pieces of the armor. So next, Paul says, if you want to win the battle, you got to have the sword. And so let's walk through the sword. Because this is the first spiritual discipline to live a life of victory. And again, when I mean a, a spiritual discipline, it's a habit you've got to do again and again and again. There is no victory without the sword. John 10.10, 10, the second part, says the devil prowls, prowls around like a roaring lion to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. I have come that you have life to the full more abundantly. And at that time, the old, this was the, the most dangerous weapon at that time. The only people who had these weapons, who had the sword, was a soldier, a king, King Solomon, or anybody who was you know, a warrior. So this was the most dangerous weapon. And he says, take up the sword. In verse 17b, he says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And just like other principles in God's word, if you don't use it, it's not actually going to work. So this is one that needs activation. This is something that you have to do something with. 
It's not just taking up the sword. Let's look at the Passion Version. It says, take up the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. The spoken word of God. That was some of the word coming this morning. It's something to read it. It's something to know it. But if you want, if you want to win the battle, you have to speak it. That is what God is saying this morning. And so I'm going to walk through when I was in my early, early Christian walk, going back to 2006, just moved up to New Hampshire. And we were actually at that time going through the series of the armor of God. And at that time, I was again brand new believer. I didn't have a lot of peace. I was taking anti-anxiety medication to kind of calm, my, calm myself down. And at that point, there was the analogy that God was giving me was I was relying on the anti-anxiety medication like an airbag. And he said, I want to be your airbag. Now, if you're taking anti-anxiety medication today, I'm not saying stop it, okay? Let me just put out that disclaimer. You've got to hear from God, all right? I felt like I had heard from God. And at that time, Kristen was helping me because, you know, that's what great spouse does. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> when you're going through a battle, sometimes you need a friend, right? And so I dusted off this nice purple book. This is not mine, so I don't have purple books like this. But uh, this is Kristen's, and this is from 2006. Yeah. <laughs> and there are scriptures in this book. And what we were doing, again, so I had felt like God said, stop taking the anti-anxiety medication. Cold. If you read about this online, there are some major cautions about doing that. There was major physical side effects about doing that. I felt like I had heard from God to do that, so we walked through it together. She was texting me scriptures. This is before the iPhone. Many can't remember those days. Remember there was flip phones? Remember there were only nine keys? Like... To, te- to text, it was like, L, oh, here we go. Oh, you know, like, it took something. You know what I mean? And so she was texting me these scriptures again and again. I didn't think you could copy and paste. You know, like, get it, do it again. Okay. Yeah. Like, so somebody thought, thank you. My wife thought that was funny. Thank you. No one else did. But thank you. Purple book is good. So, but here's the point. It wasn't just... Kristen giving me those scriptures, okay? It wasn't just receiving them on the flip phone. It was actually taking them, and I was working in Boston at the time. And I had to take those scriptures, and I had to say, I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. He has given me a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. And I was literally walking down the street, having to fight these spiritual, these physical side effects with the spiritual discipline of speaking the word of God. And so he's saying today, if you want to win the battle, you've got to take the sword up. If you want to win the battle, you've got to take the sword. So recently I transitioned into a new job. This is about seven months ago. And what do you know? I get attacked with some crazy, crazy thoughts, all right? So I, I wrote this down. I took it from our, our prayer journal that we, has as, that we have as a family, and I asked the girls to help me pray about this. And so I was recently transitioning, and, I, and there was these thoughts that were coming up, and really, what, what I, so I wrote them down and said, 
I don't have what it takes. Things won't grow the way I envision. And I had to take some time with the Lord. And now I'm in a senior level of a bank and I'm, I'm battling these thoughts. Like, I don't have what it takes. This is not going to work. And so I spent some time with the Lord and I, and I wrote down the opposite of what, he was, of what the enemy was telling me. And I had to declare that he's equipped me with everything I need. He's given me creative ideas to grow the bank with a purpose-driven approach. He's got exponential growth plans that I have not even imagined yet. And I had to walk through this again and again and again. Because the enemy wants to steal, kill, destroy. And what you need to do is take up your shield of faith from the fiery arrows of the devil. Then you got to take your sword and say, he's equipped me with everything I need to be successful. He's given me creative ideas. And you take the sword and you just swipe back and you stab the enemy right in his, right in his tracks. If you want to win the battle, you've got to use the sword. So if you go back to what we were talking about earlier on when I just first started, I walked through all those things. What do you need to do to fight the enemy today? Where do you need to get into the word? Find some scriptures. Speak the word. First Samuel, if you think about Goliath, all right? David and Goliath. First Samuel 17, 42 tells us that when David was preparing to go into battle against Goliath, what he was doing is he's running towards him and is he's confessing out loud what he believed to be true. He didn't just stand there. He took action. So let's read it. First Samuel 17. Then David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, a spear, a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will hand over to you, hand over to me, and I will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, cut off your head, and I will give the corpses of the army, the Philistines, this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. We can easily see here with David's example how we should approach our enemies. We must open our mouth and speak the word of God. Go back to what you wrote. We got to get in the word and we got to find the word, write it down, study it, speak it. Let's look at Joshua chapter one. This is when Moses had just passed away. There's a big leadership transition, right? So Moses passed away. Joshua's now taking over. And in essence, God is giving Joshua a pep talk. He's saying, all right, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And you know what? Probably what was happening is he had another fiery arrow of doubt coming at him again and again and again. Because if you watch, the, look at the scripture, it says, be strong and courageous at least five times. I didn't put it all here, but he keeps saying it again and again. Be strong and courageous. You got to keep that Keep telling yourself, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. 
When he's saying meditate on it, he's saying chew on it, get it in your soul, get it in your heart, get it in you, and speak it. Study, write, speak it. That's the spiritual discipline. I've got another picture I want to show you of something that I went through probably, I don't know, over a decade ago. Chris and I went into um, a ministry week, and part of this was locking into who God says you are. And the first, what you don't see here, is a whole page of written um, negative thoughts, okay? And this is something, this is Kristen's handwriting, by the way, not mine. I don't have good handwriting like that. But the picture I have is of her handwriting. And I would have, literally have to say this again and again and again to remind myself who God says I am because I feel as though every time God's elevated me into maybe it's a work thing or just pulled me up, the enemy is right there. Joshua, when he crossed into the promised land, there were battles to be fought. It wasn't just, here it is, enjoy, kick up your feet and sip lemonade. You know, no. It was like there are battles to be fought in the promised land. And I would take this, and I actually, I've got it on my phone, I've got it in my photos, I've got it in notes, and I would just recite this, and I'd say, I receive God's truth that says, I'm a man of joy. I'm a man of a peaceful mind. I'm a man of confidence. I'm a man secure in God's unconditional love. I'm a man of faith and understanding, a man of honor and integrity, a man of excellence and influence, a man of faith and understanding, a man of, and I would just go over and over and over and have to remind myself who God says I am. I remember Steve spoke about this early days just this year and said, you have to get locked into who God says you are and repeat it again and again and again. And this is something through my leadership transition, taking on a new job, I said, I got to get back into who God says I am because I'm hearing too many things of <laughs> what I don't believe I am. So pulling out the godly identity has been really, really important for me. Remember the strategies of the devil, lies, deceit, Doubt, unforgiveness, division. Remember who God says you are and declare it. So the second spiritual discipline to live a life of victory is praying in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. This is verse 18. I invite the worship team to come back up So as we wrap up. <clears throat> it says, stay... Verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So there's several uh, ways that this verse can be interpreted. One is praying in the Spirit is praying in your prayer language. Okay, your, your God-gifted God gifted Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifted prayer language. And the other way this is translated is that praying in the Spirit is when you are close with God, when you're in deep fellowship with God, when you are one with God and aligned with God. So which one is it? In fact, I, I think it's both. And so I'm going to walk through some scriptures on how this verse has been impactful. And let's go back to the beginning of the armor of God. Paul was very methodical to say, put on the armor. And then he gives us the defensive armor, the belt, the breastplate, the shield, the helmet. And he says, to win the battle, you've got to take your sword. And then he also says, pray in the spirit at all times. And in Romans 8, 26, it says, and the Holy Spirit 
fills us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray, for the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And I remember there have been pivotal times in my life where I did not know how to pray, and I was praying in my prayer language, praying because I did not know how to pray. One of them was in Canada, and we had our youngest, who was two years old, who was having a major health challenge with her lungs. We were scared we were going to lose her. It was bad. And I remember there was moments where we were going back and forth to the ER. There was moments we were going back and forth to the U.S., trying to find answers. I remember praying one night specifically. I was on my way to the emergency room in Canada. We'd only been there a couple of months, and she was having an asthma attack. And we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what caused it. We didn't know what was going on. And I was racing in the car in the emer to the emergency room in the middle of the night. And all I could do was put my hand on her and pray in the spirit. I did not know what to pray, but I prayed in my prayer language. And by the time we got to the emergency room, it was just the two of us. There was a peace that, and I, I know I'll quote the, the scripture, but it says a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what it was. I couldn't explain it. And we made it through that night. And just, God does unique things. We ended up finding a doctor that was not your, you know, not in a very obvious spot. It was basically connected to a walk-in clinic. Imagine CVS, there's a walk-in clinic. There's a doctor. Somehow we found this doctor and his daughter had the same exact thing. And walked through it with us and said, look, this is going to be three to five years of some significant like inhaler treatments and blah, blah, blah. And within a couple of months, she was completely healed. Okay. And I, I can't say anything. Was it that moment that I prayed with her in the car? Was it just a series of moments? It was, it was, it was I believe, God moving on our behalf. The moment we pray, the tide of the battle changes. When we don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. We have some stuff going on right now with one of our girls. We don't know what to pray. We're praying in the Spirit. And God's giving Kristen very pointed plans on what to do. All I can say is that's God. That's God pointing us to exactly what to do. So I'm going to walk us through some scriptures on being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what I'm, I'm not talking about praying in tongues with interpretation in a church setting. I'm talking about your personal prayer language. So let's walk through this together. Now, why are we doing this? This is for power, and we're going to see this in the scriptures, power to be a witness to him, power to live the life God's called you to live. If I go back to my early days of being a believer, now I haven't walked with Jesus my whole life. It's only been since 2006. This passage has been transformational for me. Putting on the armor, taking the sword, praying in the spirit, again and again and again. And I believe God's got freedom and breakthrough as we go through this together. We're going to pray in just a moment as I walk through these scriptures. Let's start with Luke 11. 
And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Knock, keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So if sinful people know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And there might be people here that this is, this is new. You've never heard of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage you, listen to the scriptures. He's got this gift for everyone. You might be here, you might say, I've heard about this. I've prayed and God hasn't just, it hasn't brought that forward yet. Be encouraged, today's a new day. God's got breakthrough. God's got freedom. And if you have your prayer language, if you've, you've been baptized, fantastic. Just keep on, keep on remembering to pray in the Spirit. Acts 1. Once, when he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be, my, you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Let's keep looking for the pattern. Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting and then what looked like flames of fire or tongues of fire appeared and settled on them. And everyone there was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Acts 2, Peter says, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and those far away, all who have been called to the Lord your God. All. The gift of the Spirit includes, yes, gifts of prophecy, speaking in tongues, tongues, words of knowledge, faith, miracles. It's all of it. It's not just one of it. It's all of it. So we're going to pray in a moment. Acts 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there, and as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, but they laid their hands on them, and they baptized in the name of Jesus, and then um, they, were, they received the Holy Spirit. And the last one, Acts 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't heard, even heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? The baptism of John. John's baptism called for repentance, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Let's just take a minute. I believe that God's got a message for us today and a message for 2022. That we need to take up our armor. That we've got to know the truth. 
We've got to put up our shield, put on our helmet. This battle is one thought at a time. We've got to take up our sword and be praying in the Spirit. Why don't, you, why don't you raise your hand just and have some people come around you if, if, if your hand's raised. If you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just want you to raise your hand right now. We're going to pray with you. And the worship team's got a song we're going to uh, get rolling together. The song is Fill Me Up, Lord. going to pray right now for those who have not yet received the baptism of the Spirit. You said to ask. God, you said to ask. Jesus, we're asking. We're knocking. We're seeking. We're saying, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. And just say, I receive it. I receive it right now. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. Just like we read in Samaria, in the upper room, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. right now, that we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit, more than we have ever needed you. And that today, the tide changes in the battle. God, I pray for courage. I pray for peace. I pray for victory. I pray for healing. I pray that your circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside you will flee in Jesus' name. We're going to worship. You're, you're welcome to, to head out. You're welcome to stay. If you need prayer, would you come on up?